You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. I'm smiling. I hope we die quickly. (laughs) And Veronica Daschle. Hello. And we're going to be talking about the Star Trek Picard episode Vox today. But before we get to that, right? Keith, (laughs) do you have some This Week in Trek this week? Yeah, I had a couple of things I thought were kind of relevant to based on this show, which is both a a look forward and a look back. We're talking about Picard, forward and back. Um, I'm going to do birthdays real quick first. On the 15th of April, 1922, was born the man who was not the first Klingon ever shown, but most considered to be the most prototypical Klingon ever shown okay. from the day of the dove. Is that Michael Ansara? That's it. The late, great Michael Ansara, who played Kang, who is my favorite Klingon from the original series. And many people say he is more like the Klingons that we see now with the honor and the the stoicism, whereas Kor was full of fun. And he's vicious, but he was kind of, I don't want to say more lighthearted. (laughs) Right. He was a he was a Klingon who laughed. Kang is more like the Worf Klingon. And he, of course, came back in Deep Space Nine in a really memorable role. Just right. a great, great actor. Yeah, oh, yeah. Another birthday, 15th of April, 1940. Um, this is an easy one because his outro is, is phenomenal. It still haunts me. No, please. I want to stay, stay, stay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that would be Charlie Evans. Uh uh-huh, played by Ooh, Junior. Um, uh-huh. Robert Walker Jr. That's it. There we and go. for the for those who don't know, look him up online. Robert Walker Jr. is the son of the famous actor Robert Walker, who mm-hmm. played the psycho from the Alfred Hitchcock movie Strangers on a Train. Okay. And boy, boy, oh boy, do father and son look alike. They have literally the same crazy eyes when they play crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> And in light of what's going on with Picard, I thought it was interesting to to mention Robert Walker playing Charlie Evans because Charlie Evans was given powers and had his, you might say, DNA rewritten by the Phasians. And okay. he was too powerful to have around and they couldn't take it out of him. So, okay. Yeah. I know that's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> now here's another good one. Now, this is an anniversary on the 9th of April, 1990. First day of filming of a little episode that became to be called The Best of Both Worlds. Okay, that's apt. Yeah, <laughs> which, of, which of course is the awesome two-parter that introduced Picard as Locutus, the Borg almost take Earth. It was an incredible, those of us who saw that thing live remember that John, Patrick Stewart was in contract negotiations at the time. And it was by no means sure that Patrick Stewart was coming back after that that season because it was a it was a cliffhanger in a season ender Mm. and so people were wondering if picard was going to be killed off and if Riker would end up as captain and of course we saw we've seen in alternate futures that picard died there's that one episode where Worf kept popping between universes and one of them well many of them the borg had taken over and one of them Riker was captain of the ship because picard died with the borg um of course the the best of both worlds also introduced commander shelby right Right. So, so very relevant. And the last one I want to do, the fifth back to the 15th of April, 1998. This is not an introductory show, but is an absolutely seminal show for a whole bunch of reasons. 1998 was the premiere of the Deep Space Nine episode in the Pale Moonlight. No. Considered by many to be the single best episode of Deep Space Nine, considered by everyone right. to be one of the best episodes of Trek ever. And for yeah. those who may not remember, it's the one where Cisco compromises morals, ethics, regulations, Starfleet rules, all kinds of stuff, because he is so desperate to win the war against what? The changelings. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I thought all those were kind of relevant to what we were talking about tonight. And that Absolutely. is This Week in Trek History. 
Awesome. Well, thanks for that. All right. So you we're going to be talk, talking tonight about Star Trek Picard Vox. And so mm. if you're listening to the audio podcast, we're going to take a quick break right here and promote a fellow ESO Network podcast show. But don't, don't go away because when we get back, we'll be getting into Star Trek Picard. We've got a lot to talk about this time. So stay right there. know it's amazing walking into your favorite bar or coffee shop and running into an author you absolutely love or bumping into an author you've never heard of before but find your new favorite book that's what we do on drinking with authors you get to hear all the stories of what made the author's stories great and how they got there on their journey so grab a drink and join us on drinking with authors Uh, so, spoiler alert for Star Trek Picard, the ultimate <laughs> episode of season three, Vox. What What did you think, Keith? I like it. I have some. I have some plot issues with it, like the whole young people, old people thing. Kind of sort of mm. doesn't make sense to me. And maybe this is what they intended. But the whole time, I was literally yelling, "Are you freaking kidding me? You're gonna, you're gonna, you're going to link the entire fleet." Are you freaking kidding me? You're going to use Borg <laughs> technology. Are you freaking kidding me? You're going to allow people to take over a starship against this will. Did you not just have the whole thing with the synth in season one of this very <laughs> that they oh, the throwback you know they talked about this very season? So yeah. that is kind of insane to me. And I like uh, jumping ahead a little bit. I like it when they even commented that how ironic it was that Admiral Shelby was speaking so fondly of this Borg-like thing they're doing to the entire <laughs> fleet. Right. But I really liked it, and I think I think I know Charles. I think you said and a lot of people had guessed that maybe Jack was a Borg, mm-hmm. so it was interesting to see that. Um, yeah, I got questions. I enjoyed it though. Okay, how about you, Veronica? Um, I liked it a lot. Okay, <laughs> well said. That was, that's, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I did too, and I mean, like you, I've got some some criticisms of the season plot wise mm-hmm. and so forth. But I mean, th- the whole, the whole idea of this season, the whole gimmick is just bringing the next gen crew back together. And I think right. as far as that goes, and as far as the, the treatment of those characters, I think they're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're, they're really paying some things off and they're giving us what seems like a, a really emotionally satisfying ending for that crew. Right. Uh, that, that we didn't get in nemesis, frankly. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Uh, we've got a comment from Wayne, our buddy Wayne. Hey, Wayne. What's up, brother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said that about 10 minutes into the episode. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a heck of an episode this week. So where, where do we want to start? Uh, maybe Jack. Okay. That, that was the first thing I, the, at least my notes, my first note was organic board tech. Right. So they engineered Picard and nobody could find it out. but. It was powerful enough that his DNA was permanently altered such that he passed it on the jack. Yeah, apparently. That's wild. Yeah, and you know, I could buy that the Borg mm-hmm. alter your DNA mm-hmm. and that I guess something just made it through. You know, I'm thinking back to all good things when she, you know she, he was having Beverly scan him because in mm-hmm. the future he had eremotic syndrome. And right. she said, Well, there's a defect in your parietal lobe that could, you know, lead to a number of, you know. Di, you know afflictions in the future one of which is eremotic syndrome so you know the, that that parietal lobe defect has been there at least since all good things right and, you know i could sort of buy that starfleet didn't catch it you know that the, the borg made a change to him that they didn't realize and i mean it's paid off now you know so the under is, is the understanding therefore that the Borg they only changed Picard, but of course the Borg had no idea that Picard would have a child, right? That they, they weren't right. doing that kind of long game. It was just yeah. Picard. So this is kind of like good fortune for them, right? In the change. Yeah, right. Because if you're gonna pick somebody on the crew that's gonna have a child, Picard, I wouldn't think is your number one choice. You know? <laughs> yeah, it'd be more would have been Riker. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, and we haven't seen the Borg alter someone else in that way, but um, I mean, I don't know if the the Borg were just that certain that Picard would have a child one day, or if it was just happenstance that he that 
you know, Jack developed the way he did and the board were able to use it. I don't know. Yeah. The, the only kind of weird thing about the DNA uh, alteration is if you alter someone's DNA, even on a body wide level, that's not going to be inherited unless you actually get down into the business area and also that the, the DNA down there as well. So man, they sure did a deep cleaning on him. <laughs> right. <laughs> but as, as far as, you know, his DNA having been altered to this, this whole organic Borg thing, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're right in the show and in, in first contact, he could still hear the collective. Right. And really? That should have been more alarming to everybody than it was <laughs> when he said, I can, I can hear them. <laughs> they should have been like, Hang on, what? Yeah, <laughs> let me write. Let's write a report about this <laughs> real quick. Yeah, I, I've I've seen many times over the years people say that Picard because of the Borg and Data because of Soong's programming are two people that probably should have been retired. <laughs> that, that's true for most Starfleet officers. They they go back yeah. to work awful quick after these weird <laughs> things. Let me get a couple comments in real quick. Uh, Michael Phillips is with us. He says, "Hey, hey, Michael. Uh, Michael, what's up, Michael?" Clarence Brown chimed in. Talk about playing the long game. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What's up, Clarence? Wayne said, I thought the episode might have been written by Bill S. Bill Shatner. <laughs> if Bill Shatner had written this episode, Bill Shatner would be in this episode. I'll say that. <laughs> Captain Kirk would be saving everybody right now. If that was the case. Actually, that's true. The Borg would have dug up his body or stolen his body and revived it. Absolutely, right. they would have. And then we've got a Facebook user that um, liked your use of business area, looks like. <laughs> Technical term. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I kind of had guessed that maybe he had passed something down to Jack that made mm-hmm. him susceptible mm-hmm. to the Borg. I didn't guess that it was the organic Borg thing. I thought maybe it was like a some kind of nanite thing. I'm still, I was still in the, the old nanite mindset. But right. uh, I, I mean, I think it... it it works in the episode. I'm, I'm, I'll buy it, you know? Yeah, but I agree with you. I, I, thinking back to First Contact, when Picard was babbling about he could hear the Borg Queen, they really should have been, yeah, that should have been really kind of alarming that he was still hearing her because Beverly says she took all the uh, Borg technology out of him. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, in First Contact, he was having weird Borg visions himself. We attribute it to sort of dreams because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Borg were coming back and he's got that on his mind. But I mean, who's to say that 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 wasn't a remnant of his of his connection to the Borg? Right now, they said that Vedic or as in the changelings found out that Jack had this. I wonder how and when that they find out that Jack was Borgified, as it were. I don't know. It seems like everybody knows that Picard has a son except Picard <laughs> in the show. <laughs> no, I mean, it could be that the Borg queen can sense him that the Borg queen is making contact uh, distance with his mind. And she realized uh, who he was and sent Vatic to find him. Oh, uh, that's a good you point. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I find interesting, you know, whenever everybody plays the game, where everybody plays the Star Trek games and you see all those, you know, those rant, those questions of what if, what if one of the greatest, what if questions in Star Trek history has been, what if the Borg tried to assimilate the changelings? Right. That wouldn't have worked. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I guess they decided to have a partner. As a matter of fact, Veronica, that's a good point, because I wonder if it'd be interesting if you found out the Borg tried to simulate the changes and realized they couldn't beat them, so they decided to join them. Yep. Right. Well, we we identified our mysterious Facebook user. It's Fanny Beth Glenn. Thank you for joining us, Fanny Beth Glenn. Well, yeah, we don't know why our name's not showming up. StreamYards is funny that way. Um, then she also said the changelings were working with the Borg, I would think. And yeah, I think so, too. They were. I think Big Giant Head was the Borg. <laughs> In some way, maybe some <laughs> manifestation of the Borg Queen. And then Clarence Brown commented, I think it was the Borg. Changelings were just a means to an end. And I agree with that. And I and Michael Phillips said, all I could think during this episode was let the fan service flow. And <laughs> right. I mean, and that's kind of, you know, sometimes we're critical of the amount of fan service that gets put in these yeah. things. But yeah. I mean, I think for the finale for the next. Well, I don't care. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and and for a finale for the next gen crew, I mean, let's get some fan service in there. You know, I mean, we're we're fans. I mean, I was watching these guys on TV when I was literally six years old. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I remember I was 13 when All Good Things and Generations came out. Generations was the first film that our the first Star Trek film, at least I remember seeing at the cinema. And it was a huge event, you know, so seeing the enterprise D crash in that episode and then seeing it resurrected here, man, it's like, 
I'm 12 again. I'm 13 again. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just fun. I know what you mean. I was, I'm 25 again. <laughs> or whatever. Veronica's <laughs> eight again. <laughs> or nine again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, Chuck, because it is a lot of fan service. Again, it's like we talked about in the movies where they always had this weird reason for Worf just happened to show up in the path of the, wherever the Enterprise was. He just went along with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're at the second to last episode of the season. I mean, how are we feeling about it? I mean, I think we're, we've been more positive this season than for a lot of the, the live action Star Trek seasons, yeah. frankly. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I've enjoyed Star Trek this. Picard, yeah. Star Trek Picard in particular, but go ahead. Yeah. What do you think, Veronica? Because I've enjoyed it. Yeah. It's, it's, the storyline's been a lot more interesting. There hasn't been any random break in the storyline. I mean, obviously there's mm-hmm. plot holes because Star Trek, but, um, <laughs> It's it's been enjoyable and there's been like deep dramatic scenes and funny moments and they've been good about not trying to shove them together. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Even the things that I, I have some some questions and quandaries about qualms about. It's not like that freaking bottle that Guinan had, whatever that stupid peace model was. <laughs> you know? Right. Or the or the insanity that the uh, El Elor El, 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 how do you pronounce it, people? Elorian. Elorians El actually had a war with the Q. I mean, that had to be that. That's like that that famous cartoon Bambi versus Godzilla. I don't <laughs> I don't care what Whoopi does with her what a Whoop guy did with her hands. You ain't gonna have a war with the Q and <laughs> right, unless right. you're Q. But yeah, right. so I agree with you, Veronica. There's nothing that just makes me really want to slap my head and go, "Oh my gosh, this is horrible." Yeah. And I think the the big thing for me this season has been the treatment of the characters because that's yeah. the big the big draw of the season. That's the gimmick of the season is that all the mm-hmm. next gen characters are back, and I think they've been writing them really well. Mm-hmm. I've been really impressed with them. I I've got criticisms. Like I think that Troy could have gotten into this season earlier and had a more substantive you know contribution. But right. I mean, generally, I've just been really enjoying what they've been doing with the characters and I've just enjoyed going on this journey with them, which I think is for me, the number one thing. I mean, you could any Star Trek story you could pick apart and I can certainly pick the the storyline here apart, but it's just fun. You know, I'm just enjoying myself. So I, 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 I let things go. <laughs> I usually, yeah. I usually be more critical of, you know? Yeah. And I find it very interesting that, that outside of the big two, well, the big three, well, the big two, in this case, Riker and Picard. I find it interesting that the person who has been most present in the show has been Beverly Crusher, mm-hmm. because you can tell Terry Metalis is a fan because Beverly Crusher, along with Troy, was the one that was talked about the most as being completely wasted in the series in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's funny that he, he he made her so central from like episode one. Right. And that's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of comments real quick. Vandy Beth said, it's a Niagara Falls of fan service. <laughs> it is <laughs> and then michael phillips commented i don't really see why the changelings would ally themselves with the borg won't the borg just assimilate them too i don't i don't see why they would um ally themselves with either either way i yeah. don't see why i don't i don't know that the great link would have but i mean these changelings that we're dealing with this season are sort of have been tortured like outcast radicals you know they're sort of bent on revenge so Maybe they just saw their opportunity and grabbed it, or maybe they they think that. <laughs> I mean, the the founders too could be pretty cocky, so maybe they feel like the board can't touch them. I don't know. Yeah, that was the one thing we've been talking about, which is: are these are these uh, changelings? Are they one hundred percent just a splinter group? And the right. Great Link is not behind this at all. And and I find that interesting because, well, in Deep Space Nine, if you remember. When the Great Link wanted spoilers for those who haven't seen Deep Space Nine, but when the Great Link wanted to do something to someone, they could do it across the distance. As in, they they literally changed Odo's biochemistry, his body makeup, across mm. the distance. Um, well, no, they actually did. They did it in person, right? They had yeah, they it. sucked him into the link and did that. Yeah, that's right. I think they can. I think the the most they can do is maybe put a little like a come back home kind of thing in your mm. mind or something. So yeah, so they couldn't. I guess they couldn't stop this splinter group even if they disagreed with them. And then no changing kills other changelings. So I kind of want the great link is sitting there going, "Well, we really wouldn't have done this, but what do you do?" 
you know, because <laughs> they won't right. kill each other. Yeah. And I, I don't think we're going to get any more answers about the changelings this season. No, I, I think, think we're, uh, we're past the changelings, I think, and onto the board now. Yeah. Uh, that's now that frustrates me because I really would like to know what happened, how, how these changelings became to be captured and if the Great Link is at all involved in this. So that's disappointing. But I agree with you. we got, what, one episode left or two? One. One. One, one episode left. So you're right. Yeah. Unless they, they're not going to be able to tell that story now. Mm. Yeah, I almost would have preferred instead of Vatic being killed off, if maybe Vatic had sort of pulled a Damar at the end and realized that teaming up with the board was a bad idea and switched sides, like some sort of right. further resolution of that character rather than just sort of getting us through episode eight and then being like, wahaha, dead. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, Vatic and Vatic honestly never needed to be a changeling because Vatic was a wasted character, I really feel, uh, especially as supposedly being a changeling. Yeah. Well, we did get the answer in this episode of why that changeling on the Stargate, uh, not the Stargazer, on the on the Titan had taken the form of the transporter chief. Yeah, you know that yeah. was sort of a mystery earlier in the season is why mm-hmm. assume the assume the likeness of such a low ranking officer. Yeah, but, um, yeah the 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 Borg are putting uh, their assimilation tech into the transporter and biologically. I was a little bit disturbed by the fact that they sort of threw it off as an offhand comment, but that data said that the transporter saves the common biology that like the DNA you share with other humans, I guess just fills it in. It just fills in the bits. That's you. That is insane. That is now what's funny about that is in, um, in information technology, that is a common concept. Like, you know, when you do, well, as you probably know, when you do software compression, right? Okay. When, when you, when you do, when you compress a file, one of the ways it compresses a file is it takes out unnecessary stuff. Mm-hmm. And if something's repeated, sometimes you can just kind of put a marker and say, in this position, this position, this position, this exact same symbol. So you don't have to store them. And then there's a thing, there's a thing in information technology when you back up data, and that's what they're getting this from. It's called deduplication. When you back up data to save space, when you when you back up your data, you analyze it and you say, well, this data bit and this data bit and this data bit are the exact same data bit. So you only store one of them and then you kind of make a note that the rest of them are the same. Then you save space. So to your point, Charles, I agree. What they did is absolutely normal technology, but I wouldn't be doing that with human DNA. <laughs> that's that's kind of scary because like, I can't I mean, get... Considering what they were doing with the ships and linking them all up. Yeah. So... Like, yeah, I, I get that. Sure. Like all humans have certain element of our DNA that's the same, but like, I don't know, just like do let me do mine again <laughs> you know like I yeah know. yeah and honestly that also introduces a usage of the transporter that they've never really had before because you know, we always, always talked about there's all they've always introduced these weird episodes throughout star trek where the transporter has this incredible ability and they never use it again like making dr pulaski younger again right and actually right. doing the same with kirk and crew on uh, the lorelei signal in the anime series but Using the transporter like that is a little scary. And honestly, I would, I could see some people philosophically going, you know, I don't want to have the same DNA as, you know, Bubba over there. And they'll say, well, it's all the same. It doesn't matter. Well, how do you know? And how deep does that go? That's right. That's like the fly technology or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, what if it selected the Vulcan one instead of the human one? <laughs> like, you know, just scan me and you re- just reproduce what I have, you know? Exactly. <laughs> That's a little scary. Yeah. And if it if it saved that for the human one, then why did the other crew also get borgified? Well, I think they just inserted that common, the, the, the simulation part into everybody's. So I every think, humanoid. Right. I think so. Yeah. That's um, the, the point. What that, what that means, it works on every race, every, like Vulcans and Andorians. and Yeah. Because we saw multiple races in this episode that had been organically yeah. assimilated. Yeah. Veronica, uh, you mentioned the, the synchronizing the fleet just a minute ago. Yeah. That was stupid. Like, <laughs> what, there's, there's absolutely no purpose to that well, at all whatsoever like no i could Not see one. it like in like a dominion war situation when you've got big fleet battles that it might be efficient it's kind of like self-driving cars i guess that you know if you could 100 percent synchronize the fleet that might be advantageous in some situations yeah but didn't they already point out in lower decks that having like because that would be the same thing as like having an unmanned ship. yeah it, and didn't they point out lower decks already that um that's a really bad idea yeah, it's always interesting to me when you get these common themes the same season or same TV season across these different shows. 
but like we had the that protostar virus in prodigy and uh-huh. those robo ships and lower decks and now the synchronized fleet in picard like <laughs> it, it ain't working guys no and what's funny is when you guys just talked and veronica you, you were just talking about themes the theme of man using man um man or humans giving up control to computers has been a theme that goes back to the original series mm-hmm. and it's always been a problem it's kirk and m5 you know yeah and it's it's um it's an episode that I, the episode i like called uh, booby trap where the enterprise is trapped in, in the tng when enterprise is trapped in that radiation field that's killing them and the question was did they, did they let the computer pilot them out for the you have one chance only live or die or did you let the human do it and Picard right. did it because they said the computers can never make up for human creativity and intuition and gut feel. So it's as if they kind of reversed all the stuff they've been talking about for all these years, because I agree. And automating entire fleet is kind of crazy. Again, after what just also happened with the synth, they just got through mm-hmm. being concerned about the synth. It synth. It's kind of weird that they did this. Well, it's, it's funny, too. Like, you know, they introduce this automated fleet technology and immediately mm-hmm. the Borg show up and hack it. Well, last season they introduced <laughs> that the stargazer was built using Borg technology and immediately the Borg showed up and hacked it. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys are not predicting what technology is going to work out very well. No, clearly they didn't watch Star Trek, right. the old Star Trek series. <laughs> well, and that's a good point. Given what just happened with the stargazer, this, these plans should have been scrapped. Right. They absolutely should have been scrapped. And I and I still, we were just talking about this. I still kind of wonder, because when I looked at that screen, there's a hell of a lot of starships around Earth. So is the rest of the Federation unprotected right now? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Somewhere out there, the, the Cardassians are like, this is our moment. <laughs> Where's Starfleet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A uh, comment real quick from Michael Phillips. A huge part of our individual uniqueness is gene expression, which is how the DNA is interpreted by RNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just reproduce my whatever DNA I've got. Don't don't cut any corners and copy and paste like we can we can <laughs> we've got the processing power. Just I can see why bones didn't want to get in that thing. Yeah, 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 I agree, because what, what Michael is saying, also what we're saying is, I mean, this is future tech, but this is some really serious tech that I don't think you should be playing around with under the best of circumstances. Right. I think yeah. Roe also knew that something they were doing something with the transporter because she was refusing to use the transporter as well. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I think Roe knew something weird was going on with the transporters because she didn't want to beam over. Ah, good, good um, but point. I mean, keep in mind too that like there's a lot of changelings infiltrated Starfleet, so we don't mm-hmm. know who all is making these big decisions for the fleet. Um, you know, it it could be that the the changeling infiltrators are. You know what though? Like in season one, you had Romulan infiltrators, and now you've got changeling. Like, I wonder if like the Romulan infiltrators and changeling infiltrators were like across the hall from each other, like <laughs> scheming against one another. Like, who is there anybody in Starfleet that's just a Starfleet officer? No. <laughs> Starfleet HQ is just infiltrators at this point. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. If you think about the TNG episode conspiracy, you kind of wonder about Starfleet headquarters, don't you? <laughs> right. Like, if they, if, if they try to send you to HR, uh, to HQ, man, don't go. <laughs> You're going to get replaced. <laughs> Uh, Clarence commented that Jack had a vision in the transporter room. That's true. That's the first place that we saw him yeah. have a vision. Right. Well, getting back to Jack a little bit. I mean, last week sort of ended with Troy, you know, sitting down with Jack and telling him, listen, yeah. behind the door, don't worry, you're not alone. And right. This week, she looked in the door and just got up and ran out of the room. Yep. <laughs> you know, you know, when your counselor runs away from you like that, you, you're going to you're going to freak out. It's kind of like if you go to the doctor, and they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, if your therapist gets up and runs out of the room. Something's wrong, man. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> right. I did like that. She was like, well, there's there's procedures in place for this. Sorry about that. But we're invoking the right. procedures. You know, right. like that, that makes sense that you've got a, a crewman that may be, you know, compromised by the Borg. I don't care who Sonny is. You know, we've got procedures in place for this. Yeah. It's kind Jack's of... reaction to that was stupid. To just assimilate them and leave? Yes. <laughs> like that. That's consistent, though, with what we, I mean, from, from the beginning, <laughs> Jack's been willing to like give himself up 
Like, oh, they, they're after me. The crew's in danger because of me. All right, I'll go. You know, like that's that's been him from the beginning. Yeah. I, yeah. He's being irrational because I kind of agree. You're like, I'm being I'm being at least partially con, you know, possibly controlled by the board. So I'm going to go to the source and take her on one on one. Right. And we saw how well that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's kind of funny that Vatic spent like the whole season trying to capture Jack and bring him to the Borg. And then the season he just flies there himself. <laughs> yeah. So they mentioned that they were mining Picard's DNA, but then they don't know what they're using it for because they're not using it to make um, people that Jack can control. So what are they, what do they want Picard's DNA? I wonder. Well, I, th- I don't know when this, how far this plot goes back because at mm-hmm. the beginning of the season they had captured the portal technology to cover up the fact that they had captured like you know Picard's body, right? And then they were going to weaponize Picard's body. So I think that the changelings were at that point using the Picard DNA stuff to to do the transporter thing. Yeah, and that's uh, why the the changeling was a transporter guy. That's that's that was what I took from it. Oh, okay. You're right. So they needed his body to put it into the transporters, and now That's, they've done that. Okay, I that believe so. Sense. Yeah. Okay. Wow. This I had deep. the thought. I had the thought this week, and I told Veronica that they had a, like there's a Picard cadaver laying around. It would be kind of cool if the Borg had like reanimated it, and then Picard had to like face Lacutus. <laughs> <laughs> like one. Like I was super fan wanky, but I was like, that would have been kind of cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what do we think of the Borg in this episode? We got Alice Krieger back as the voice of the board queen. Is that who it was? Yeah. I wasn't sure. I couldn't tell. I wrote in my notes, was it going to be Alice Krieger or uh, Susanna Thompson? And yeah, it was it Alice Krieger. Was, that is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I don't think that we'll see her in makeup. We just saw her from the back. Maybe we will, but mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think she cared for being in the makeup the first time around. Right. Now she's I know, 70 years old, so I don't know that she would agree to do it again, but um, I thought it was really effective. She's super good as the board queen. Mm-hmm. She's like the, for me, the definitive board queen is as much as I like the others. Um, yeah. I think Alice, I mean, cause she's the original, you know? Right. Right. I agree with that. Uh, comment real quick from Michael Phillips. I still want to know what happened to all the original humans who have been replaced. What if the changelings have to keep the original somewhere to maintain the forms like the original Zygons? Zygons? I, I don't know. I hope Tuvok's alive. Yeah. That's a good I, point. Would they need him? After they, I don't they know. What's the Zygon? Is that a Doctor Who reference? Yeah, yeah. the Zygons are cha- okay. shapeshifters in Doctor Who that they have to keep your original form alive to, to maintain the copy. Uh, so you'll have like a room full of like people hooked up to things that are mm. Zygons are walking around looking like them. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I hope they didn't kill him because that means Tuvok would be gone, and I don't think they're going to kill yeah. off Tuvok like that. Well, I know, and I hope Shelby makes it. We saw Shelby get shot as her view screen was going out. Yeah, like, and her... I, I think she's gone. Quit yeah, bringing her... back the old characters to murder them immediately. You know, like, just knock it off. Well, yeah, because the, th- the thing is, she had two glowing holes in her when they... they... So I, I don't I know, know if she's going to make it out of that one. <laughs> also, they were, all the crews were like, kill anyone that's not assimilated. Yeah. All right. They, they weren't sending anything to stun. I'm going to pretend that Shelby wears a phaser proof vest all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Even during frontier day. And I'm going to pretend that Admiral Shelby's still alive. we got Admiral Shelby. That was, that was pretty nice. We always yeah. wonder what happened to her. Yeah, I know. I and mean, it's, that they're they're doing a good job this season. Really, I mean, on Picard generally, but this season of bringing back some of those really memorable next gen guest stars. Not Barkley. We haven't seen Mister Broccoli yet, but <laughs> uh, they're they're pretty well covering them though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a comment real quick from Michael Phillips. It says he was disappointed that Shaw died, but glad he got good closure for his arc. Yeah, I can't believe they killed him off. Yeah, I can. It kind of, I mean, they had him on his, as his dying breath using seven of nine's name, which mm-hmm. I've been hoping for since the first episode. So now I can like Shaw and, um, I mean, really it's setting up for, for seven of nine to be the captain of the Titan, you know? So yeah. I, I could see that. And also you don't need Shaw for the finale. You've got the next gen crew on the enterprise D like <laughs> there's already this 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 show is already character heavy. 
But you know, in light of everything that's gone on, there's there, and I and I don't have a problem with her. But in light of everything that's going on, there, of course, there'd be no suspicion for having a former bu- Borg as captain of one of your starships. I mean, what could go wrong? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Obviously, nothing because she didn't reassimilate. Yeah, well, nanites in there and whatnot. That was now that scientifically and medically was the one plot hole in the show that bothered me more than anything else was they tossed off some incredible techno or biological babble about Mm. uh, the frontal cortex stops growing and changing at age 25. Therefore, those modifications only work on people 25 and younger. That literally makes no sense. (laughs) Uh, That literally makes no sense because the whole point is if you're reshaping their DNA, at least as far as I know, medically, it shouldn't matter how old you are. That I couldn't buy that. I don't get that. Right. And also, if you know, as we're saying, if you're so deep and so incredibly sophisticated that you can store common human DNA in a buffer and everybody's getting the same DNA and you can do all this stuff, I guarantee you that they would have the technology to modify the brains of somebody over 25. So that makes no sense to me at all. It's a real bad plot hole that made me groan. The only thing I can say was, boy, are they really pushing the, the thing of trying to show that old people are valuable? Because right. I think that's what it all comes down to. Because that comment about, I've never been so happy to see a room full of wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's setting up the fact that, I mean, the cast of this show is you know, average age 70. So, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's setting up the fact that the old timers have to save the day. Um, right. I think that's really all it comes down to, but mm-hmm. I mean, it, it being Star Trek, I mean, you can read into meaning in it. If, I mean, I've seen people already online, you know, talking about what is that saying about society? Are they saying that the, like the older people, like the younger people are too connected and too on TikTok and things and the analog <laughs> generation needs to, you know what I mean? Like there's already uh, been people having yeah. those discussions, you know? That's and, kind of a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is a, you know, it's a very interesting, I just had, a, I had a long conversation with a friend the other night. We were talking about that and, you know, we've all had this discussion, which is technology and things you do movies and books you read and stuff like that they change sometimes how you think and you act but the question is when do they truly change how your brain works you know as in there's definitely some brain chemistry difference between say my brain i'm in my late 50s who grew up reading books and writing with a pen and paper and somebody born now who literally would grow up with a tablet and a phone there's yeah. absolute proof to how their brain processes information will be different than my brain. Mm-hmm. And so I never even thought about that bigger point. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So I'm, I haven't put a lot of thought into that today, but something to think about, you know, I mean, it's, I, I think it's really just a contrivance. It, yeah. it, it's kind of like in the Lorelei signal when the women had to, it's an excuse for who were to be in command that the men are all, yeah. you know, right out of commission. And it's kind of the same thing here with the young people are out of commission and the old people have to save them because our cast is old. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is literally the plot, the one plot point that I kind of groaned at. It's the one I'm having right. the most trouble with, but yeah, I can overlook it. So if you think about that and they don't have time in one hour, I would love to see the running battles. Like, like we were saying at Starfleet Academy, there'd be all these old instructors and admirals and all the cadets fighting against each other. And I would assume when the bulk of the starships will be the older. But here's the problem. The command staff is usually older ones. So they're all the command staffs getting slaughtered on every starship. So yep. when we're done, the entire Starfleet would be like 25. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Apparently yeah. that's what it is right now. Unless there's people like on Earth that hadn't used a transporter on a starship recently. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so so technically the cadets that are still in the academy mm-hmm. that have not used transporter on the ships. I mean they're under yeah, 25, they but they fine. wouldn't have I mean, gotten it the seemed like it was, alteration. Yeah, primarily affecting the fleet. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean we don't know if if the population of Earth's been affected or not. If not, you might have nine year olds who are assimilated and murdering yeah. people, you know. Yeah. They apparently <laughs> like walk around and walk into transporters and it knows exactly where they want to go. Right. They do. Yeah, they have those sidewalk transporters you just walk through. If they get those things, man. Yeah. And I got to assume, even though they... There's a flaw in the system. Like, you can reprogram your DNA with that. There's huge flaws. 
you know, there's huge flaws in a system, but you know, it, this is really interesting how you, you learn something that can make you twist your mind and think differently. And that is when Charles said that there was this whole possible, whether it was intended or not, a philosophical discussion about young people being too connected and about mm-hmm. technology having too much control over us. I think I, I mentioned a week or two ago in one of our shows, they, there's a there's a scientist in Japan or, or China who is actually in jail right now because he genetically engineered some some embryos and those children were born. And as far as we know, as far as we know, that's the first significantly genetically modified humans ever born. And it has been a huge issue in the medical community about what he wow. did. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's some, there's a lot to be talked about here. Like you said, Veronica, with the, what the transporters can and can't do. Um, and I also wonder, they said most of the fleet was there, but I got to assume all the fleet wasn't there and they can't possibly have modified all the ships. And there's got to be older ships. If they're all surface. linked, then uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Surely they've got like X number of ships to maintain important functions, you know, right. because you, you wouldn't recall the entire fleet, whether they said that or not, that just seems silly. Yeah. I mean, there's gotta be Vulcan ships and there's gotta be, and then there still can be some ambassador class ships that are older where they said that the te- you know, maybe the technology, they didn't get the link to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like, I guess they have to be on the ship physically to make the transform modification. So mm-hmm. yeah, if they, if they couldn't get to it, they didn't do it. So right. If this were longer, like a 26 episode season, you could write a really interesting story about like a war, you know, a civil war within the Federation with all the ships and the people who aren't assimilated fighting against the ones who are assimilated. But we don't have time for that. And that would be cool. Or even civilians having to save the day because Starfleet's compromised. Like you you could do a lot with that. Right. Um, Right. Well, we want to get on to the big reveal at the end. Yes. Hang on, let me see if this works. Oh. Nope. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Uh, all right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, we got the Enterprise D. Yeah. I was kind of expecting it, even though it was like, that's impossible. I know, Brock. I laughed out loud because th- this is like this is like a dude saying. Yeah, I've been working on restoring this. Oh, there she is. There, there we go. Is. I figured it out. Yes. <laughs> this is this is kind of like a, a dude saying, hey, I've been working on restoring this old Mustang in my garage <laughs> on the week. Jordy's right. like, I, I've been tinkering on the Enterprise for 20 years. <laughs> and, I, right. and I know he he didn't mean it, but I instantly is like, damn, you've been doing this by yourself for 20 years? <laughs> yeah, I expect that he's got like his, there's a staff at this yeah. museum somewhere that he's had working on it. But I mean, it, it makes sense that you don't want to leave the Enterprise D saucer laying on that planet. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, they're, they're the Viridian, what, four, I think had like a, you know, a pre-industrial humanoid society on it. So right. at some point they're going to go into space. You don't want them finding the Enterprise D laying there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, fixing it up and attaching a new star drive section. You know, I, I noticed that he restored it to like the pre generations. Look, he didn't stick with the, the changes they made for star Trek generations with the extra platforms and consoles and things. Oh yeah, you're right. He died. Right. Yeah. And he, and he did mention, didn't he say, I think was it in the sales came from another ship, the, mm-hmm. the Syracuse. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we get, we got the enterprise D back, which I, we've been talking about for like six episodes now. <laughs> we'll <have> the enterprise <laughs> D back at the end. <laughs> But what did you think of the reveal? That was it was really good. It was nice. I have to. I must admit, I I, I smiled at that. And yeah. and again, yeah. now to answer everybody who's who's joined us tonight, Michael and Vandy Beth and 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 um, Wayne. Yes, you're right. The fan service is pouring out of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yes. gosh! <laughs> it really yeah, I, is. I had speculated before that maybe you'd have like a sort of a day of the doctor style ending where um, that's a doctor mm. reference, Keith, where <laughs> all the museum <laughs> ships, they had to get in the museum ships and save the day and all the old, but no, it looks like it's just going to be the enterprise D, but I mean, it's, it's so nice to see them back for one. It's lit. And yeah. so <laughs> everything looks better. <laughs> they have better lighting in the nineties, but um, I mean, it's just, it's just cool to see the old yeah. back of the enterprise. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of starships, did y'all did y'all catch some of the names of the starships they showed on the graphic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there was the USS Hikaru Sulu, mm-hmm. the USS Cochrane. There's always an Intrepid. 
You know, there was an intrepid. There's always going to be an intrepid and a defiant. We know this. One name I thought was awesome was the USS Fire Sword. Okay. I wonder what that's all about. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the Trumbull, the Gilgamesh. Okay. And Gilgamesh, of course, is that mythic hero that Picard talked about in um, Darmok. Right. He was like he's considered like the he's considered in some ways like the first superhero that his myth goes back literally thousands of years. The USS Mandel, not Mandela, but Mandel, the USS Okuda, mm-hmm. the Oberon, the Drexler, yep. of, of course, the Venture, and then the Luna for the moon. So I, I like some mm-hmm. of those names. I'm really intrigued by the Fire Sword. Something about that. I just love that name. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, I like that they're they've gone back to using like 90s Trek style ships. You know? Yeah, like we they they did some interesting things, I thought, with Discovery, with the Discovery fleet in the first couple mm-hmm. seasons where they had, I think, a sort of a Sid Mead look to them. But right. for this show being what it is, I, I, I'm glad that we're getting ships that look like the old ships again. Right. Uh, Clarence exactly. Brown commented that there was also a USS Pulaski. Oh, I didn't see that one, Clarence. Really? Wow. Yep. Why? That's, that, yeah. Why is that, that's, not a USS Picard then? Or USS Kirk? Or that's kind of major for yeah. That's kind of yeah. major for a ship to be named after a doctor. I wonder if it's actually a medical ship. It could be. Clarence yeah. Also said a lot of fan service felt like it was for the cast as much as for us, <laughs> and I agree. Definitely. I think I'm sure it was an amazing day for them to all walk back on the Enterprise D bridge together. Yeah. Right. I'm right. surely the ready room will have some behind the scenes on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Michael Phillips commented that we finally got Major Barrett's voice again yeah. for the computer. Yeah. It sounded uh, like that was from the episode where Picard went on that secret mission. Could be. Yeah. Because, the, and the, the computer addressed him as Captain Kirk. Yeah. Or Captain Picard. Captain Picard. <laughs> so I think that was um, because they, they had talked before about like the Roddenberry's or had used like digitized her voice to do a voice mm-hmm. synthesizer. I don't think they were using mm-hmm. that. I think it was just clips from next gen, mm-hmm. but it, it worked really well. And it's so, yeah. it was so nice to hear all the little beeps and boops and hear major Barrett's voice come over the speaker. Yes. Yeah. I thought so too. That was a good nostalgia moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we got the old crew back on the old ship going to save the day again. It's like turning into like the last episode is like just the next gen episode. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was something very, I thought it was a very interesting scene is when Jordy was, was, was yelling my girls, they have my, my girls mm-hmm. and uh, data is the one who's, who's trying to calm him down and saying, you know, what can you do, Jordy? You know, we, we can't do anything. Yeah. And then later on, I thought that was pretty cool. I kind of, I kind of like the way data is, is data. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he, still data, but he has a little bit of extra emotion in there. Yeah, and I was, yeah. I was, he was on Michael Rosenbaum's podcast this week, and he oh. was talking about how like Gene's original idea for data was that mm-hmm. he would become a little more human every year until mm-hmm. he was just more and more an almost human, but never quite there. So I, he felt like this is sort of fulfilling what Gene's original vision with the character was that he's almost human, but not quite, yeah. and. I think that really came through with data. I mean, he's got some lore in him. He's got some Dr. Sung in him and so forth. Um, So, you know, I could buy that. He's a little funnier and a little more, more emotional than he was previously, but still, I like that bit in the, in the shuttle where Jordy was like, let's be a little more positive data. And he's like, I hope we all die quickly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I laughed out loud on that. I thought that was a, that was a funny moment as well. Yeah, but I like um, that scene that you're talking about where, I mean, basically he was like, what are you going to do? Like, we need a plan. Right. You know, but talking to Jordy in a more human way than he would have previously. Exactly. And so then um, Clarence said that Jordy's scene was intense. His girls. Yes. And Spiner had said the same thing on the ready room. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I think they've done a good job. I think at the very least of giving the character, like giving the actors a version of their characters that they all feel mm-hmm. satisfied with, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny, Charles, you're talking about, we're all talking about fan service and the, and the stuff you do that kind of makes no sense, but it's just for effect. There's no real reason why everybody who's been borgified has to start developing a lot of weird skin stuff, but it sure right. does look cool. It yeah, literally makes right. no sense. I'm like, yeah, why? They change? <laughs> yeah. Like there's no reason for their eyes to turn black, but it's kind of cool when they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 
And I did, I did like it. It was a little cool when, um, when Shaw starts belting out orders and the helmsman has been taken over and you just look at the back of his head and he's not moving. And Shaw's like, yeah, he's yelling orders. And you're like, uh-oh, it's too late. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it kind of invasion of the body snatchers-ish, mm-hmm. you know, when everyone's mm-hmm. not acting like themselves. And, um, and the thing I'm going to say real quick about Shaw dying is there has been so much talk online. And I mean so much talk online where people were like, I want to see a continuing series, either a season four or a spinoff series with Shaw. Mm-hmm. And he's dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I saw someone online say that it was kind of like, like a um, Agent Coulson situation. Where they <laughs> killed Agent Coulson and everyone loved him and they just brought him back anyway. <laughs> yeah. So well, who knows? Yeah, it's, maybe they'll show it. Yeah, go ahead. If Data can come back twice, then surely Shaw can come back once. Yeah, I could see I could see Seven desperately like giving him a transfusion of the nanite she still has in her body, and that saves him just yeah. long enough to bring him back. Or hell, put him through the put him through the transport. It seems like they could do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would just be like you said, it'd be funny to use the nanites because that would just yeah. irk him no end. <laughs> oh yeah, that would. <laughs> um, I did not like Shaw when he was first introduced. He got on my everlast ever loving nerves. Mm-hmm. And I was actually really upset when they killed him off. And that's that's yeah. something about a character. What a, what you know? It's a really well written and well performed character over the course Absolutely. of the season. Absolutely. I mean, we've only had him for what nine episodes of TV. Yeah. Which it's it's pretty great to go through that arc with a character in that amount of time. Mm-hmm. It seems like not long ago, like his ship was doomed and he didn't even go to the bridge because like he had that foot problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, like, Captain, are you going to the bridge? I'm off today. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that I mean he's going to be a, a classic and remembered Star Trek character, whether he comes back or not. But right. I think that there's going to be a lot of fans clamoring to get Shaw back, whether he's dead or not. Yeah. Yeah. A comment, real quick, from Michael Phillips. It said, "What happened to the Lal aspect? I had predicted that she would tip the balance in the Data Lore battle, but she's never been mentioned since." I think um, wasn't it just her and uh what's his face's memories before yeah her before yeah, her before mem- it was just their memories not their personalities right mm-hmm. Michael they yeah Michael they said that yeah like Veronica said Michael with uh, Lal and before they said they didn't integrate their personalities they literally just had like their yeah their memories like a file it literally be like reading a book about somebody not their true right. personalities. So that's why you don't get the law persona. But also, I mean, Data downloaded Lol into his own positronic brain mm-hmm. like yeah. back in her original episode in The Offspring. So, mm-hmm. I mean, she's been sort of part of Data's psyche for a long time. So yeah. maybe that, she's just part of who Data is, you know. Right. That's always creepy because also remember Data has the memories of every single colonist on that on that colony where he was created, too. So, right. Once again, probably wouldn't have been my first choice if somebody had to put on the flagship of the Federation, but hey. <laughs> I, I think, too, they probably wanted to. Like, they had him play Dr. Sung for a second and Lore for a second and B4 for a second. They probably wanted to avoid having Spiner play LOL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a mask situation. <laughs> yeah. <It's that> guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't. Uh, Charles, you said, you said, you, 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 we, we were talking earlier about, you know, um, Oh, you're saying like the Borg and all these people waiting around and looking for opportunities. Um, the Romulans are not in the state to be a power right now, are they? Are they still kind of a devastated species? Yeah, there, there's like Romulan warlords and stuff. We don't really know mm-hmm. much about like what Romulan powers might be out there. The The Star Empire has sort of fallen, but okay. whether there's remnants of it around, they they did not follow up much on the Romulan situation. Okay, and the Klingons are our friends, especially if Martok. I don't know if he's still alive. If Martok is still the emperor, but the, best the reason of our I was, knowledge. Yeah, but the reason I was thinking is, man, if you had some powerful enemies, literally all they need to do is just sit around and watch the Federation because there's always some crap fault going down. We're like, okay, here's the perfect time to strike. This would be a perfect time to strike. I mean, I know the fleet's controlled by the Borg and the Changelings, but what a perfect time this would be to strike, <laughs> especially because to be honest, you would have to strike in self defense. Because right. you've got to assume that they're going to turn that fleet into a fleet of conquest. As a matter of fact, they may come after the Klingons or the Romulans and the, the Cardassians, who I also assume are friendly and probably, I don't know what the Cardassians are like now after all this time. I don't either. Yeah, they haven't but, told us. 
Yeah, but I guess I, I'm wondering, I was thinking about that, because in the whole, in the entire run of the series, the big principalities, the powers that which the Federation had to worry about were always the Klingons and the Romulans. Mm-hmm. And then you had the Cardassians, which are nowhere near as powerful as the Federation, but they had a war with them. And then you have these really cool species like the Breen that they introduce. Right. So I kind of wonder, like, who would be an enemy that would go against the Federation in their weakened state or, again, rising up against them to take them out before they conquer, try to conquer them? I guess yeah. it'd be the Klingons. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Like, there's so much of the... They haven't really gone into like the state of like the galactic politics. Right. Yeah. You know, right. So we don't really know. If I was an enemy of the Federation, though, I guess I would just wait until they have like a big event and probably <laughs> get compromised. So that'll be our yeah. chance. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, yeah, it's, it, it would be, it'd be great to see like in, 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 a, in, a, in a humorous way, based on what you said, it'd be great to see like this, this villain with a wall calendar or something like, you know, Captain Archer Day and. All this right. other stuff, <laughs> uh, Miles O'Brien Day. Yeah, there's all this stuff that they're just waiting yeah. for to attack. <laughs> it's like, oh, hang on, they're they're launching a new starship. That thing's gonna go crazy and try to kill them and they're distracted. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, the the Enterprise F. What did you think of the Enterprise F? Boo! You didn't like it. No. It's not, <laughs> what? it's not the saucer wasn't round. No, it's. What did you think, Keith? It was it, it it took me aback for just a second because as Veronica said, it doesn't look like what I would consider a quote unquote enterprise to look at yeah. look like. But it, it kind of grew on me. Yeah, that design's been around for a little while from Star Trek Online. I think that uh, several yeah. years ago they had a, a fan contest to design the new enterprise for Star Trek Online. And mm. that show but it, it's got that post Enterprise E look where all the ships kind of look the same. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, That's stupid. But I, I like it. It's a little, it's got kind of an Excelsior thing where it's a little fat looking and it's got the, mm-hmm. the, the fat one. Yeah. It's in, <laughs> instead of the neck, it's got the two things on the side. I thought it was kind of neat. I thought it was yeah. kind of cool to see Admiral Shelby in command of the Enterprise. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. So now that was the Enterprise F, right? Right. So they only have room for three more before, according to Enterprise, the Great War that takes place in, dang, was that 700 years? It was something like 26th like century or something, I think. 26th century. That, which, that's not far off. I and mean, we're in the, yeah. we're the, start, the beginning of the 25th century now. Okay. So, yeah, just 100 years or so. The, the, the Enterprise J, a ship that I really don't like. But uh, it, looks like you, about- it looks like you <laughs> left the NX01 in a hot car. <laughs> it <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, so I mean, we, we've got a few minutes left. Like, what are you, what are you hoping to see next week? What do you think is going to happen? My wanna, first, let's go ahead, Veronica. I want to, I want to see the other Borg Queen from last season come back and be like, "Look, guys, I'm in charge." Ha ha. Okay. I wrote that in my but, notes. What happened to her? That's not going to happen. You're talking about Gerardi, like the Borg Cooperative. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's not going to happen because season two didn't happen. <laughs> right. Neither did season one, except for the very end part. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're going to go back to Gerardi. It'd be kind of cool, though. If I'd like to see Allison Pill again. Yeah. I'm wondering how they're going to wrap this up. And given that um, this board, you know, given what they've done with both the fleet technologically taken over and a lot of humans taken over by the board, I'm wondering how they're going to... if. How are they going to effectively, if you will, jam the signals, both the technological signals of the ship and the the psychic signals? Is there going to be some kind of usage of a combination of of Jean Luc and Jack and Diana to stop Maybe. this? Maybe I think Jack's going to be key because yeah. that's that's like he's in a key spot. Like he's in the collective and has the extra abilities to be the voice, right? Um, He's Vox of Borg now, I guess. And um, I mean, I, he, really, if if he can overpower the queen or take enough control of the young people to make them not murder everybody, you know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm looking forward to it. We 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 won uh, a, a, or not one, but we were able to make it through that terrible website to get passes for the IMAX <laughs> screening. Seriously? So, yeah, so we're going to be heading to Coming Georgia uh, next Wednesday to try to to try to get in because a ticket doesn't guarantee you entry. They're overbooking it deliberately. So wow. we're going to get down there early and try to get in to watch it on the IMAX screen. Nice. Yeah. Nice. 
I find myself, I think we always say this, I find myself, as what we were saying earlier, I wish we had, I do think that no matter how they used her, and I, I love how they used her, I think Troy needed a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. Um, although I read something with Terry Metalis said they only had her for so much. I have no idea if there was a Marina Serta scheduling problem, but he, I did see an interview where he said that. Mm-hmm. But now it's funny because some of the other things we're talking about, I find myself wishing this were a 13-episode season instead of a 10-episode right. season. I really and, do. And usually we've been very critical of the yeah. season's been dragging and so forth. Right. We even said in Discovery it should have been a few shorter, a few episodes shorter and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you might be right because Marina Sirtis lives in England. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense. If she's not local to L.A. anymore, that mm-hmm. they may have her for a shorter period of time. And I get that, you know, uh, right. I would love to I'd love to see more of all of them. I'd love to have had da- a season of data in a season yes. of majority. You know what I mean? It's it's, yeah. it's never going to be enough. I also right. feel like they weren't writing this as a really long movie. They were writing this as a season. Okay. I feel like mm. the other seasons of Picard and most of the seasons of Discovery, they've been writing like a four-hour movie, four or okay. five-hour movie. Yeah. yeah. Where they have feel like they have to put filler and they have to mm. put filler in some of the episodes and have like the D-plot right. mm-hmm. <laughs> in there yeah. and unnecessarily stupid monologues in the middle of battle to take up 10 minutes of time. Right. Well, I, I mean, and as much as I would have liked to have seen all of them from the start, I, I do think, like I said last week, that staggering their entries into the show has really helped the pacing. Yeah. You know, it, because it you have the next person to look forward to and the next person to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of the seasons that felt like why are we like, we're spinning our wheels for three episodes in the middle, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, right. But, and, and we don't know what the length of the episode next week is going to be. You know, it could be yeah. an hour. It could be longer. It could be shorter. Who knows? Oh, gosh. I'm going to be up so late next week. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Okay. A couple of quick comments before we get out of here. Um, Wayne says, I don't. I was wondering when someone would bring up the Borg from season two. Yeah. Well, like Shaw said, forget about all that weird shit on the Stargazer. <laughs> 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 yeah, I had that in my notes, Wayne, and just and Veronica had mentioned it. I had that in my notes as well. Was wouldn't it be interesting if the other board collective came back and tried to fight this board collective? Right. Um, the Wayne also said, I think this is a 15 episode season, and no, it's not. It's next week is the finale of the, as far as we know of this of the series of Picard, uh, the finale of this era of Star Trek. As far as the information we have right now, like it, it's all coming down to next week as of right now. Wow. Clarence said, good on Metallus for finding a way to get Trek back in theaters. Yeah, I don't know if he was responsible for that or not, but I'm thrilled because, like I said, the ne- Star Trek Generations was the first Trek movie that I remember seeing in the cinema. And I was 13 years old and it was it was epic for me. I mean, it was Captain Kirk and Picard on screen together It was the Enterprise D crash. I mean, it was as as epic nice. as a Lord of the Rings or Avengers Endgame would be now. You know, it was nice. Uh, and then Clarence also says, oops, episode eight is the only one I felt was dragged out. Yeah, I felt like there's spots in the season where you really could have tightened it. Um, mm-hmm. And like Alan had said previously, like they were in that nebula for like four episodes or something, <laughs> you know, that. Right. But I mean, they're like, like you said, I mean, they're working around logistics of actor availability. They're working around mm-hmm. COVID. Um, they're also probably working around COVID. Yeah, I'm this. sure they are. You always see people in masks and those behind the scenes yeah. things. So, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they've got a lot of logistical. It, it's it's not as if Terry Metallus can just dream up his dream Star Trek season and just make it. Like, you've got to work around what you've got, too. Mm-hmm. So, I think they've done a, a heck of a job. I mean, the big thing for me is just getting all these characters back and in right. satisfying ways. I never expected Data to come back again. You me know? either. But they figured a way to bring Data back that works in the story. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I, I've really enjoyed it. I just want to tell everybody, just for the record, as Spock would say, despite what happened to Data and Picard, if you can ever give me some kind of new body, synth body, whatever, don't make it my age. Don't make it old. I want to be 25 in perfect shape. <laughs> right. no, di- no diabetes, no need for glasses. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, while we're at it, a little taller and a fuller head of hair would be great. <laughs> <laughs> if we're putting requests in there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, imagine waking up. Again, you're going to be grateful for life. Imagine waking up and going, hey, you have a perfectly awesome 75, no offense against people that age, 75-year-old, 80-year-old body, and you're not. You're going to live probably another 15, 20 years. 
Huh? Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We 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 created you a synth body to save your life, and you're still short and balding. Like, what the <laughs> crap, guys? I want my money back. <laughs> yeah. Wayne said it's, it says on the page it's 15 episodes. Don't know what that was about, but no, I don't. I don't know what page you're talking about because this is it's a 10 episode season. I'm 100 yeah. about that. Next yeah. finale. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, we're over time. Let's go ahead and get out of here. Uh, All righty. Keith, where can people find more of you? Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And how about you, Veronica? Us. How about us? <laughs> Feltnerdy.com. And? Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. That's right. And do you have a closing for us this week? I did two seconds ago, and now it's out of my brain. Well, uh -oh. Throw Wait. something out there. Oh, we are the Borg. There you go. <laughs> I remember. Yay! Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.